I'm Aaron Goldschmidt. I'm Francesco Sedita. And we're Queens of the Roundtable. Hello. Oh, you started? Hey, A.G. Hey, F.S. I think that's our new way of starting. I don't know. We just two things we haven't decided. We're not on. saying queenies, and we're not. I'm not allowed to say hello, everyone. Or hi, everyone. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. So I'm, we're gonna hey, be, queenies. Hey, hey, FS. Yeah, like that. I don't know. We're, we're we're working on it. Yeah, you know, season two is an exploration, mm-hmm. really, of who we are and what we are, and what and we a new are. setup. I mean, exploration. We're on books upon books. Sitting in my little study. I, I love this study as, as a recording studio. It's real makeshift at this point. <laughs> We're like chairs and coffee table books and, you know, back to Barbary Lane. Do you think you that we're empty uh, chairs at empty tables? No. Dot, dot, dot. No, we're like full chairs at messy tables. Mm. That was a tip-off to today's it was, subject. It was, but we're going to hold off on that for a minute because I want to catch up with you. Um, you know, it's it's fun for me to be in the city on a weekend and to have these like weekend recordings with you. And mm. the, we, the last couple of weekends we've been together. So We have. We have. That's true. Yeah, it is. How's your weekend been? Um, what did you do last night? Or Friday? Friday, Friday night, night Doug and I went to... I heard you guys really tied it off. Uh, I think you tie it on. Oh. I don't think you tie it off. You tie <laughs> off like a vein or something. Or like a, a severed limb. You tied it on. <laughs> we had a great night. We went out to dinner together. Well, when I texted we... you, you were either on your third or seventh drink. Right, That's I said that. I did say that. That's true. You know it's a good night if you don't know if it's three or seven. Um, and we just caught up because we hadn't really spent a lot of time talking lately. Mm. Deeply. So he and I caught up. And then yesterday... Such is the case with marriage. It was a quiet, sleepy Chinese food. Um, We Um, watched some Netflix. America, read that as they were super hungover. Hungover and just also like, you know what? (laughs) What was the weather like yesterday in the city? It wasn't like today. It was... I have no idea I wasn't outside once. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, today was so rainy and disgusting and crazy. And yet we had like a full day. Yes. I was in my pajamas all day yesterday. That is, that is one of my favorite things. Um, I had a crazy day yesterday. I, uh, I was out East for 36 hours. I, I wouldn't have gone this weekend because I had an event last night. It was our friend Guillermo's birthday and, and, and your cousin Steven and I went, but I had to work. And yesterday, I um, I woke up in Sag Harbor. I did two hours of tennis. I had two events, and then I got in my car at like six o'clock and drove straight to Williamsburg for Guillermo's birthday. And you know, I met your cousin there. He was like mm. sitting in the lobby of the William Vale, <laughs> even though that wasn't where we were going. We just met there, right? And you know, Stephen, in his old age, was he, he was having a drink. No, no, I was going to valet my car. And William, William oh. Bell Valets, because I didn't know what parking was like. I ended up parking in front of a fancy building, and I, but I had my computer in the car. Like I was just nervous parking on the streets in scary Brooklyn. But let me tell you. Uh-huh. Okay, let's talk about Williamsburg. Because last week, and I think it was episode one, we talked about your, your um, East experience Village. in the East Village. You know, I have not been to Williamsburg in three or four years, like at night, like socially. 
And your cousin Steven, he's there all the time. His office is there. He's he's a real estate broker who sort of specializes in Williamsburg. And I think Steven fashions himself like an aged hipster. <laughs> and he's, you know, he's he like knows the the vibe over he does. there. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, honestly, I didn't know that any of the four hotels right. that were around existed. I didn't know anything. Yeah. It was really Interesting. It was cool. Like we, Guillermo had her birthday at the Wythe Hotel, mm-hmm. and it was up on the roof and beautiful views of the city. It was really, really nice, and it it wasn't crowded. You know, like if you did that in Manhattan at a rooftop bar, right. you, there'd be a line out the door. Right. It was really interesting that it was so not crowded. However, the streets of Williamsburg. Maybe that hotel roof bar wasn't crowded, but other like shitty bars. Yeah. yeah there yeah. were like lines around the block. It is like the new meatpacking district. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Or like the old East Village. Or the old East Village. And that's what I was thinking about what you were talking about last week. Like it is like the old East Village, but not even old. It's like the new old. Because the old East Village is when there were like four of us at a weird bar. Like the new East Village, like people line up to go out in the East Village. Mm-hmm. And it was just shocking to me to see what was happening in Williamsburg. But we had a really fun night and it was it was a long day, but I was happy to experience Williamsburg. But you know what? I don't need to be hanging out there all the time. No, I, I think we're too old. Too old. <laughs> But a little bit. But you'd be surprised, right? Because then your cousin is like walking around like, ah, yeah, Williamsburg. Well, he works there. Yeah. And, and he has a connection to it. I don't have one. Right. So I don't know. I just feel like you have to be 23 and in like my jeans. In 2005, I almost tried to open brick and mortar shine, my business, in Williamsburg. Um, I was looking at spaces. I was working with architects, trying to like move my business to Williamsburg. I mean, thank God I didn't. I don't. It wouldn't have worked out. We'd have had a lot of hipster babies. No, because then the market crashed and no one moved there. Now they they're all moving there. But I asked even like the people that are moving there are young. Lots of Vivian Westwood outfits on four year olds. I guess. I guess. I don't know. I guess my 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 point to this is is like you were talking about the East Village. I'm talking about Williamsburg. Is there a neighborhood in New York that's for me anymore? Hell's Kitchen, baby. Forty two between forty five. Your your lounge, your your den. I mean, I don't. That's that's what it is. Oh gosh. A quiet bar. Where is my neighborhood? A piano player. Tinkle in the piano. Yeah, a gin Tinkle. martini. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what happens. We, you know, we age out of the neighborhoods. I guess. I guess. I'm struggling a little bit because I, I need to find my place. Even though we created most of them. I guess I need to find my corner of the sky. <laughs> oh, dot dot dot. <laughs> Another hat. Wow. I got it. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about our day. We had quite a day today. Mm. Mine started early. I wrote this morning. Yeah, I woke up in order to bagel. I listened to Tori Amos on vinyl. Mm, which really <laughs> sets the tone of why his mood was so dark all day. Uh-huh. And it was a rainy, sad day. It was. I mean, today's weather in New York City was the kind of weather where you... This would be the day to stay in your pajamas all day. It, it would yeah, have been. But we did the opposite. We did the opposite. We we met up. I came over here. And then we went to a bar that we... That we Reference that's where I was on Friday's episode. Um, Ardesia and and 
I guess it's Hell's Kitchen. And yeah. it was a private event. It was a pumpkin carving contest. And because I was there on Friday, I found out about it. However, it was sold out and you worked sold your out. magic. I did. My charm. And we got like great seats. I mean, great they, seat. we did get great yeah, seats. Yeah. They really they gave us like your seats. Mm-hmm. Um, so the That's premise true. of this whole event was like you pay 50 bucks, you go there, you get a pumpkin or mm. two. We decided to do a, a collaborative pumpkin. Um, they give you all the carving. There were some nice pumpkins. Those they, were for yeah. real. They give you all the carving tools and you have an hour and a half to create something. Mm-hmm. And you are given permission to bring your own accoutrement. Yeah. On Friday, that was up in the air. I didn't even know. They were very confused. And I mean, to be totally transparent, I was very excited because I have a pumpkin bag full of Halloween embellishments Mm -hmm. that I've been using in all of my classes and parties. And I just so happened to have come back yesterday and I had the bag in the apartment and I was like, I'm bringing the bag. And you were like, don't bring the bag. Let's just do it and have fun. And I'm like, I'm bringing the bag. That was on Friday night when I was told that we shouldn't bring extra equipment. Thank God we did. Also, that bitch next to us, she had like the she pumpkin carving tool, like the one that like, zzz, so you can like shade and shadow. I didn't understand. What, what did they make? I didn't understand. It was like it. two faces yeah. looking at each other. It wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. And I have to be honest with you, the only reason they got honorable mention was because they were, regulars. They were there the last couple of yeah. years and they're hardcore. I felt when they said that they had created new categories in my head, I was like, people. it was for us. Oh. No, because we're, we're going to post a picture of, of what we, of what we, we have on our story. It's already, on our even. story already, but we, we decided to do a very basic carving because neither of us are carving experts. So we decided to kind of do a face and make it a drag queen. I'm just showing Aaron a picture of this one. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's kind of fantastic. I think it's like an old New Yorker cartoon or a Sardi's um, I do too. Um, portrait. I do too. And, and I have to be honest, there was a minute when they were like third runner up, second runner up. I'm like, are we going to win? I know. <laughs> I was like, are we going to win? But you know what? We didn't win nothing. Nothing. And, and to be honest, I also lost a pair of sunglasses there tonight. And like, I really, when I lose things, it sends me into a tailspin that is just so horrible. And there's still like this bit of hope. I think she's, she's great. I think she had like, you know, she had a little plastic surgery, especially in the lip area. She's great. She's had her nose done a couple times. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we, we, we carved a face and then we used all these embellishments like glitter tape and gemstones and pom-poms to create kind of like an old Luke. haggard drag queen whose name is Bloody Mary. Right. And our, and our neighbors at the bar said, when you say Bloody Mary three times in the mirror at Posh, she shows up. <laughs> Like oh, she's, she was honestly the most frightening of all the pumpkins there, right. but not because she was supposed to, because she's just so hideous, Yeah, but it, it's kind of fabulous. And that was really fun. We rarely do things. Activities. Activities. Our activities are generally, um, let me get it. Opening a bottle of wine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so Kicking this, up our heels. This was really fun. And I mean, we got a lot of props. From the we people did. there. And people, I, I was very um, hurt that we didn't even get honorable mention. I felt that when they announced that they were creating new categories, I really felt for like us. one was for us. Because <laughs> it was like, we put in so much fun effort and like we did, ours was the only one that had color. Like it was, right. it stood out. 
America, you'll tell us what you think when we post our picture. It's pretty amazing. And then I lost a pair of sunglasses there, and that always just ruins the day for me. But we left there to, why don't you take our fan Look, there's the next journey? Scooping the pumpkin. Oh, yeah. What and then we, we went to Don Antonio. Where I'd never been. Which I don't understand. Why? Because it's been there forever and it's delicious. I guess. And we met our friends Scott and Corey and their children. And they were in the... Um, it was one of their daughter's birthday today. That's right, Gigi's birthday. Happy birthday, Gigi. Um, and Gigi and Bella were there because it's their favorite pizza place. Thanks to me. <sighs> and we they were in the intermish of Harry Potter. Cursed child. By the way, like the second intermission or something. and Well, yeah, the official break, really. Like the break. Yeah. Because it's like a full day of it. It's the Angels in America of children's theater. Yeah, Francesco and I, last, like a, like a year and four months ago, before summer of 18, right before I left to leave for the summer, we saw Angels in America on yes. Broadway together. But instead of seeing like the two different parts on two different nights, we decided to do it all in one day. And it was... Get our souls sucked out of our bodies. Woo! girl and i can't imagine that harry potter is as intense <laughs> so. but i still feel like it's intense of like course. six hours a of lot like of harry hours. potter it's a lot of hours a lot of sorcery mm -hmm. a lot of wizardry yeah. yeah mischief a lot of brujas yeah oh so yeah harry potter dementors is that what they're called there was a lot of there, there was, was a lot, a lot of talk of about that. talk at the yeah. table yeah. Well, you know, what I really appreciated is that Corey, you know, one of our oldest friends from our NYU days, you know, she, like me, and, you know, I'll be honest, there are times that I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, and then not really, but like, I don't, I don't know Harry Potter. Right. I've never read the books. I saw half the first movie and was like, nope. Like, it's, it's, it's not for me. And Corey is like same with me, but like she was there with her daughters. She was doing the thing, and like she called the whatever they're called the Dementors, like the wrong word, like the Tormentors. Right. right, right. And her daughter was like rolling her eyes. <laughs> right. She was like Dementors. And I'm like, listen, girl, your mom's trying because she doesn't fucking like Harry Potter. Yes. Um, Harry Potter is not for everyone. It's not. Is it's it not for you? Well, I have a whole long story there. Well, I know you do. Yeah. You're very connected. I mean, the cliff notes of that story is, you know, I worked at Scholastic for a long time and I was, you know, I feel very fortunate to have worked on a few of the books, um, but it is not for me. It is not my kind of storytelling, but I really appreciate what it is. And I'm psyched that these kids yeah. 10 years later are still loving it. And, and you know, who's also psyched? J.K. Rowling. Yeah. I mean, cha-ching, baby. Yeah. I mean, it it did such important things for children's books, and that's great. It's just not my story. Right? It's not. It's, it's not my story. It's not my kind. I of will story. say though, except for there's a scene in book one that is that is definitely my story, but otherwise, no. Well, I think book one is like the most sort of like personal and emotional, or at least what I saw in the movie. <laughs> but it's just sort of like that's when yeah. like it's all like starting, and he's figuring shit. We can't deny out. who he is anymore, right. and that that's what I like about right. That. And then it just, it's like 12,000 pages later. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's 12,000 pages later. And also it's just, I'm not a science fiction person or a fantasy person. Right. It's just a lot of words and, and things that have meanings that the, I don't The difference between, between you and me is that I actually really like science fiction. I love space stuff. Like I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. Like I like that kind of, I don't like fantasy and like wizardry and sorcery and like right. that's 
And that's why I didn't watch. We were talking about this earlier, about the like Game of Thrones, like that kind of like dragons and magic, and like right. that was never really my thing, Mm-mm. unless it was the never-ending story. Right. That's yes, a whole me other. Too. That's, that's a whole, whole other story, thing. though. <laughs> um, but even I mean, and I know you also have a a very personal connection to this. But even in my my like all of my Jim Henson years and. Fraggle Rock and everything. Dark Crystal was like my least favorite for that reason of like this sort of like fantasy. Like that was never my. Dark Crystal really spoke to me, but, but it didn't set me up for Harry Potter. Right. I mean, it spoke to me when I was little enough. How have you, have you, obviously you have, but did you watch the. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I haven't. I, I want to. Yeah. Is it, do you like it? Yeah. So we're talking about the new, the new Dark Dark Crystal show on Netflix. It's, you know, so it's partially because of the books that we made with with Henson, which is great. Um, It's great. It goes deep though. It's like the Game of Thrones edition of Dark Crystal. But I thought the Dark Crystal always did go kind of deep. But it was just one movie. Right. Right. And then there was, there was, you know, some graphic novels and stuff, but it still was just one movie. Now it's some very complicated episodes on Netflix that are beautifully done. Well, I'm I'm excited to watch it, and yeah, I encourage great. everyone to go out and watch it. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, if you like the movie, it's it's so fun, and starts a whole new chapter story for for, for, the, for a younger generation. I think. Well, that's good. I think uh, also. Well, I think because I think anything that has Jim Henson sort of stamped right. to it, like, should have a revival for a new generation, yeah. even if that only brings them back to Jim Henson um, work. All right, so. Great to see you. Mm. It's been a fun day. It's warm in here. We won nothing. I know. I lost sunglasses. I know. <laughs> You're really having a rough one. I'm not. I'm having a great one. Mm. But let's talk about what today's topic is. And I think we decided this topic sort of quickly, and then it sort of made sense because we were we were meeting the Sardarians to... Well, we decided a while ago. It's just today was the decision. Right. But I mean, we decided this would be an interesting topic for us. And I think it's it's interesting because I, I would assume that a lot of people that are listening to our podcast are like-minded. And, you know, we're talking about musicals. We are. Today. Yes. A good old-fashioned musical. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Um, Musicals are or an interesting topic for me as somebody who fashioned himself at one point in his life as like a serious actor. It was like, you know, musicals, huh? You know, <laughs> was Not, that what it was like? Yes. Cause you were Liza Minnelli as a child. I, well, I mean, you didn't know me, but I kind of was, uh, you know, I wasn't sure that I didn't know what my life of with musicals was going to be like, I will tell you that in high school, I was obsessed with the people that could sing and be in musicals. And that, that wasn't me. And you know, every once in a while I was cast in a real like bit role in like a musical just because I was like an actor and they just needed bodies, but never because I could sing. But, you know, in high school, I got really into it from thespian competition and people like choosing like a weird, obscure song to sing like thespians. And I used to I used to we used to listen to soundtracks. I remember in high school, I would listen to the soundtrack of Miss Saigon and Les Mis and Phantom of the Opera. And these were shows that I hadn't yet seen, but I was already listening to the scores and I kind of knew and all of my theater friends and 
I think when you're in high school, like most of like the actors like gravitate to musical theater. Like everyone just wants to like sing and dance and like, and I was always sort of enamored by that. And um, it's not the track that I went on as an actor. I mean, I started experimental theater and there's there was no sort of like musical theater, but musicals have always been like super important to me. And I would say that in New York City, I go see more musicals on Broadway than I see straight shows. What about you? Um, I think definitely more musicals. But I've, I, we've been making, Doug and I have been making a sort right. of effort to see more straight, straight shows. shows. I have too. But here's my question. What's your first musical that you remember seeing? Oh, like on Broadway? No, in general. Oh my gosh. Not Broadway. Well, well oh gosh. For my seventh birthday... <laughs> Wow. I was taken to see the national tour of Annie. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. I am pretty sure that Sarah Jessica Parker was in it. In the tour? In like the big national tour. No, she didn't do a tour. I don't know about that. Somebody, As you know, I wrote a book about Broadway with Doug and we actually cover Sarah Jessica Parker. It's right there. I could pick it up and no, find out. No, Because usually in those books, people don't really want to admit to like the time they were on tour. I didn't interview her. I just <laughs> Googled it and found out. Um, my parents took me to see Annie for my seventh birthday. And that was the moment I decided that I wanted to be an actor. Mm. And from that moment on, like, <laughs> so gay. it is. But as a child, I used to fantasize that they would do a, a, a remake of Annie called Andy. And it'd be about like a boy Annie. And I would be Andy. And I would be like well, singing all the songs. I didn't even go that far. I asked my mother if, if a boy could play Annie on Broadway. And of course she was like, no. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think I envisioned myself in the dress. In the, the dress. Wig, oh, no. I wanted to be like Andy. Wow. That was pretty forward thinking of you. I was just like, just put me in the dress. Oh, and I'll, I'll oh I would have done that too. Tip tap it out. So, so the reason that I decided to get into acting and be an actor was because I saw Annie, a musical. And there were a lot of musicals in my youth. And then I remember in Florida, when we moved to Florida, we saw the national tour of Starlight Express in Miami. Mm, wow. You know, Starlight Express, like they're all on roller oh, skates. I'm aware. I love Starlight Express. I mean, I can sing the whole show. Richie Rich was in Starlight Express. Oh, Let's not forget. It's so good. It's so good. Richie Rich was a, a club kid. Um, moment of silence for Little Biscuit, please. <laughs> oh. Okay. Someone who died. Um, Jeez. Well, you didn't have to. Well, we so have blunt to explain about it. it to all of our listeners. Um, so I saw Starlight Express uh, in Florida, Annie when I was seven, and maybe a couple of others, but those were the first two before I came to New York. And then I'll tell that story in a minute, but what about you? Because you grew up closer to New York. Like- yeah, but um, so the first musical I remember seeing was at, um, oh my God, a children's theater, and it was called... Was I in it? Because I was a famous no. children's theater. Actor. Oh my God. It was it was like kind of a like a wild Western tale. Annie Oakley? No, 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 no. It was like written, it was, it was written for this, like it was like a tiny little theatrical, um, the community theater thing. Okay, but then the first one I really saw was South Pacific in my sister's high school. And her friend, who I think was gay, was in it. And we went to see him in it. Um, I think as a family even. And you fell in love. Well, I did. I did. Also, South Pacific is a dreamy musical for many reasons, but it was like, you know, Bailey Eller at high school in 19. Do you like those kind of like old timey musicals? I do very much. Um, I I don't. 
as much I, as I, you do. I enjoy them. But uh, the first one I saw on Broadway was Cats. Mm. Me and Cousin Steven, Cats. And you guys just re- At the Winter Garden. You just relived that memory we this did. past year to see the revival. Yes. Did you hate it as much the second time? I the loved it the first time. Oh. I was like in fourth grade or something. Oh. I was over the moon. I Steven have, hated it as much. I have always though. hated that show. I, I was like, just like, oh, beguiled by the set by the people you could walk on the set during the intermission um, and like look at the big egg have or you egg seen, shell. I'm or, sure you have, but you've seen the trailer for the movie coming oh, out. Yeah, I'm going to be there. Oh, the trailer is so going. horrifying I know, to but me. I'm going. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'll go. I, I will be honest. I have never seen a full beginning to I'm end I'm going to let production. the memory live again. Uh, I'm sure you are. <laughs> um, my, but, you know, I just no, want to say, Every now and then a good line to use when you see like a kind of old beat up drag queen is that she's a little burnt out ends of smoky days taken directly from cats. Mm. Grisabella. So many things are taken directly from cats. They are. I, I kind of think our, our um, pumpkin today was a bit cats esque. We'll put that out there for our fans to decide. Okay. Um, the first musical that I saw on Broadway, um, when I came to NYU in August of 1992, my father drove me up from Florida in a van with all my crap and moved me into the dorm. And we were staying at a hotel over on Lexington Avenue. Um, and I had never seen a Broadway show. And we called to get tickets to Les Mis. Like my father just very last minute was like, do you want to see a Broadway show? And I was like, yeah. And we called and got tickets to Les Mis literally sat like center orchestra, like fifth or sixth row, like called that morning. I mean, I don't, this, these were the days that you could just actually just get tickets because they right. were around. Right. They weren't being scalped or anything. And we went to Les Mis and I was actually talking about this with uh, Scott and Corey's kids, but Les Mis is so kind of rich in story and it's like a novel that's a thousand pages. So when you go and like, you just, go to the musical you don't really understand if you don't know history like what's going on and they and in the playbill there's like three pages just explaining everything and i remember sitting in the theater and and reading it and then all of a sudden lights go down curtains up and that like revolving circle stage and that's that opening number my jaw dropped and for the next five hours, however long that musical is, <laughs> I sat on the edge Three of my plus. seat. And to this day, very few musicals can touch like that experience mm-hmm. of like your first Broadway musical and having it be Les Mis, where like you come from a small town and then all of a sudden you're on Broadway and they have that like turning circle. And I was right. just like, this is Broadway. It was amazing. Mm. It was amazing. And um, Les Mis will always sort of hold a special I think that's the second me. show I saw on Broadway for my something, 12th or 13th birthday with Katrina Deemer. Mm, we Katrina. came to the city. We went to Sardi's. My mom got like the package, you know, like where you go to Sardi's for like yeah, the totally. steak dinner. And then, yeah, nice. And then uh, saw Les Mis and then took like the, the uh, Lakeland bus home to Morristown, New Jersey. Oh, yeah. But it was great. No, totally. It's It was so epic and crazy that it was... Um, Les Mis. Yeah. Or, or that, that night. Was, that night that at night Sardis. Les Mis. But it, that it was, it was so much to take in, especially at a young so age. It is so epic because it spans generations and... 
But one thing that I didn't see as a kid, but I think you did was Phantom. I saw it in, when I was like 17, but then we oh. saw it for your birthday last right. year with Ariane. When I was in college, my friend Shannon Dodson, hi Shannon, if you're listening, um, she took me, we went together. So I, I think this might have even been before I, I met you, so maybe my like sophomore year at NYU. And we got like really cheap seats because they were like third row orchestra all the way to the left. And like, they're, they called them like for a, phantom. Yeah. Like yeah. obscure, like you, the, you couldn't see the full stage, right. even though I felt like you could. Right. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there right now. And this might be controversial. I didn't really like phantom when I saw it then. No. And I didn't really like it when no. I saw it with you a couple of years ago. No. I mean, I saw it when I was like 16 or 17. I, I was 18. And then I saw it with you last year and I was just like, what is this like dusty old piece of garbage? It's like the same dusty curtains that hang in that show is what the show feels yeah. like. And I have to be honest, I was saying earlier, like in high school, we would listen to all of these soundtracks to musicals. And I knew that the entire score of Miss Saigon and I knew the entire score of Les Mis. I never really cared for the music of Phantom. Right. It, it didn't, it didn't do for me what like, you know, one day more does for me mm -hmm. when you, when you hear it, when you listen to Les Mis, it's just, you know, it, I never really enjoyed Phantom as one of the, the, the classics and the modern classics. Let's talk about um, maybe one musical that we were both in, in high school. What were you in? I don't even know if I know what you were in in high school you, musical You wise. don't because I was a, I was a straight actor. I did amazing work as a, a an aged homosexual Harold Gringe right. in Harold Schaefer's Black Comedy. But in terms of musicals, uh, it's funny you ask, and I think I might have brought this up last week, but my brother and I were just up in Rochester visiting where, where I was born. And for a couple of years, I was in these musicals at the JCC. And for those of you that don't know, that's the Jewish Community Center. And the one in Rochester is pretty amazing. We were just there and it's huge. And they had this giant theater. And every year, a woman named Phyllis Katzton would write an original musical. Oh, wow. And this other woman, her name was like Annette Salberg or something, would do all the music, like two old Jewish ladies writing shows. That's a lot of work. So the first one I did in, I think, 84, 85, was Country Air and Sunshine. And I was like a kid from the 30s with like a cap and knickers. It was called Country Air and Sunshine. And, sunshine. and then the second year, the second year was an original musical called A Run on Robots. And... I am not exactly sure what the show was about, but there's a running joke in my family that we had this family friend, the Marxes, and there were two kids, uh, Jen and Jeff. And Jeff Marx was like maybe a year or two younger than me and seemed like a little like special mm. back then. Mm -hmm. I don't think he is, but he was just like a little odd. And he had like, you know, I could not sing. And that was my thing. So I'll, I'll tell you this story in a second, but I couldn't sing. So I never really got solos or anything in musicals. I was also in like a touring production of The Wizard of Oz. And I was just like a munchkin with like one spoken line. Like because you were on tour? 
in the Rochester oh, area, yeah, Go, going to schools and, and, and community I centers. I'm sorry, I understand. Yeah. And then I was in some musicals at the Rochester <laughs> Academy of Performing Arts, Rapa. But the thing about a run on robots is Jeff Marks had a solo, <clears throat> and his solo line was, Take a robot out to dinner. <laughs> like he was, wow, we, we were we were all like robots. That's and we were like lovely. robots, robots. Uh-huh. And he was like, you just wanted to take a robot out to dinner. Yeah. The musical was really ahead <laughs> of its time for ten year olds. But it to was be it was like nineteen eighty five, and like the idea of robots yeah. with emotions and dinner. Yeah. And like this robot just wanted to be like, hey, take a robot out to dinner. Um, it that was, was your big line. No, that was his big line. I didn't oh. even get one. That was Jeff Marks' big line. So I was in these sort of like very Jewish original musicals of the JCC. And when I got cast in a real musical, it was always like the kind of like bit role with like just one singing line. And then I only sang in the chorus. Right. Because I can't sing. I mean, listen, hon, I, I'm going to tell you, I was in three, yes, three musicals in high school. I think there I saw two of them on VHS cassette. There wasn't a fourth because it was um, a year was, that I wasn't doing well was fired. in geometry. Mm-hmm. And it was Sound of Music and I was cast as Rolf. No, I'm lying. I was ca- cast as whoever the butler is, like Hans or something. <laughs> he has like one line. I think you're culturally appropriating right now. Nope. That's They're the like Rolf the and Hans. And I wasn't allowed to be in it. Because I was failing geometry. Or was not punishment? Doing well. well, yeah. But also because I think I was so gay acting in my uh, Oklahoma. Mm. No, in my The Boyfriend performance. Sandy Wilson's The Boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Where I played Pierre and had a lot of lines in French. That I think my parents like, ooh, we should probably just keep him off the stage for one minute. And looking back on that, I think that was more about self-preservation for th- th- them thinking that was self-preserving for me. But f- but for me at the time, it was just tragic because I wanted to be in Sound of Music. The, the, my hills were alive. Well, they still are. You know, it, this brings up something so tragic, like my gay hair yeah. flip when I couldn't Going get ice cream. Yeah. Um, but because of that in my life... I just never invited my family to see me in shows. Well, I did, because I, I don't know. I didn't know shit. But but then I did um, Oklahoma. And Oklahoma is grand. I, I really enjoyed that show. Did you see the um, the recent revival? I did. We, I saw it in Brooklyn. So, so did, you. did I, darling. Yeah. And I loved it. And I ate the chili. And the, and the cornbread. Whatever, yeah. It's cornbread, darling. Yeah. Cornbread. You know, that was a really interesting revival. Um I, growing up, my mother liked musicals, and I remember she used to rent some old ones, like at Blockbuster. Oh, I like that. And, you know, I I love an obscure musical. I mean, we haven't gotten into this yet, and who knows if we'll actually get through all of this in this podcast, but I love musicals. I've got dozens and dozens and dozens of musical CDs, and I like obscure musicals, and I Credit my mom to that. Like she got me into Pearly. She used to bring Pearly, Pearly mm-hmm. and I love Pearly with Melba Moore and Sherman Hemsley. Um, that 
Helmsley. That that was such a good musical from like 1970. But I was really into this genre of musicals. It was like Godspell, Jesus Christ Superstar, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Hair. Yeah. Like those musicals that then they made into like mediocre movies that we saw when we were young. So that they kind of like started that. Jesus Christ Superstar no, is not that a movie. Is, no, I agree. Godspell definitely yeah. is. And God, Hair is. Godspell's a tough show for me. See, I love Godspell. I don't like it. I love Godspell. You know Oof. what? I like I like a lot of the music from Godspell. The story is just it's just a Bible story. I mean, it's it's, it's a Christian musical. Um, but I'm it is, but it's just bad. It's not it's not good. I don't know. I think some of the songs are really good, and I I want to encourage you. We're gonna have a listening. Okay. We're gonna have a listening. I saw the revival a few years ago. So I did I. Know. Well, you know, our friend like bouncing on trampolines. Well, you know, Derek. Yes, Goldstein directed that. They're like bouncing on trampolines. Well, there was all kinds of weird hip stuff happening. Yeah, <laughs> it was weird hip stuff. Like Williamsburg people yes. were doing it. Um, you know, speaking of Jesus Christ Superstar, when you and I drove cross country, I think we talked about this last season, to yeah. California, we decided that one of the few CDs we were going to bring for that trip was Jesus Christ Superstar. We sure did. Because when we got to the desert, we smoked a dube. We, yeah. We popped in JCS. And we just had some guitar breakdowns. Oh, some and some emotional breakdowns, breakdowns. Uh-huh. <laughs> like driving through the desert. Yeah, listening, that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. That's um, a. I think that's a great musical. I do too. I think that's really one of the best. And I think that like when you talk about like what's a rock musical, yeah, like that's rock. I went to so an all boys Catholic high school, and the other one sort of nearby was like always just cooler and hipper, and they did Jesus Christ Superstar. I think in senior year. Junior or senior year, and it, and I went to see it, and it was like kind of all the like the smart boys who were like a little just more alternative and interesting, and they did this show. They did the show, and it was amazing. I was like, oh my yeah. god, this is what I should have done. I should have been here. I should have gone to Seton Hall. Totally, you probably should have. Totally off uh, off topic, but uh, gosh, maybe even ten years ago now, I don't even know. But Mike Rubb and I went to see. Uh, Pop, the pop star Peaches. I guess yes, she's a pop star. I, I missed she that. did Peaches Christ Superstar. And she did a one woman show of her doing like every character and like yeah. the whole musical. And it was so odd and so amazing. Right. And well, I mean, only she could do that. It was so cool. But I mean, I think the Jesus Christ Superstar is that kind of show that it it has this kind of appeal that it's just, it sort of transcends like musical theater. And right. like, it's just, it's so cool. Because I mean, that music, that guitar riff that they use for the show is just so cool. Yeah. Um, what is one of your favorite musicals? Um, I think, so my favorite musical is Sweeney Todd. But one of my favorites is Cabaret. And I um, reference it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you do. I do. And I, I sing it in karaoke a bit. Um, but I just, I do love that show. And when I was in, at NYU for graduate school, I sort of worked on it a bit in a, in a class just to understand it more. It's just a great show. It's super nuanced. The time that it came out was really interesting in theater, in American musical theater. Um, but regardless, it's a really good show. And it's dark, but also it is so fun. And, it, you know, it's sort of exactly... Um, that show is dark and light at the same time because the time that it was set is dark and light. And I thought that was 
It's just gorgeously done. Um, and my first real experience of it was when Natasha Richardson was in it all those years ago yeah. um, at Studio 54, which was such like a New York happening. But I love it. I love Liza in it. I, I love I mean, it all. It's a great musical. You know, it's, it's really hard for me because, I, I mean, it's so gay, but like I probably at least once or twice a week I listen to a musical like on my oh, yeah, on my too. iPod, and um one of my favorites in my adult life one of the musicals that really sort of changed my life when I saw it originally on Broadway when I was new to New York like in 1993 was Falsettos yeah and I know that we saw the revival together a couple of years ago yeah um which. Which was wonderful and great. I absolutely love the music. I love how sort of interesting and, and not musical it is. But the topic, it was sort of so intense mm-hmm. when I saw it in 93. And to see this representation of gay men and, and Jews. And the music was so weird, but so beautiful and haunting. I love falsettos. Yeah. I love it. And, you know, I... I ran with a group when I first got to NYU that were all musical theater kids. Mm-hmm. And um, they were really, really into falsettos. And in their high school, in their performing arts high school in Rochester in like 1991, they did a performance of In Trousers. Uh-huh. which was like the prequel to yeah. falsettos. It was just like a one act in 1979. And only one song from that musical is actually brought into the actual falsetto score. But um, I thought it was so like, wow, your high school let you do this. Right. And I was so into it. And another show that they did in high school, kids, and it was a new musical was once on this Island. And I will tell you when I came to, in New York as a junior in high school to compete in national thespians, we were given an option. You could either go out in the village or you go see Once on this Island on Broadway. And I was like, I'm going out in the village. And I did. Mm -hmm. And I missed seeing Once on this Island, but I had then fallen in love with the music. And it's one of my favorite scores. And the recent revival of that, I thought was amazing and super cool. Did you see it? The sand? Yeah, we saw it together. Oh, did we? Yes. For my birthday. Yep. Right. We sure did. Did you like it? I did. Yeah. I thought it was super cool. Yeah. I really liked it. I just, I think that show is so beautiful. It makes me cry. Like when I listen to the score, I cry. Like I love that musicals do that to me. And I think it's because I, I like music so much and I get so moved by music. And then when music is put into this like full story, like musicals can move me in ways that straight plays can't because music is so important to me. And like once on this Island, no matter what, every time I finish that score, I cry. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention something else that happened in the nineties. Rent. When we saw Scott before he was like, you'll talk about rent, right? And I was like, oh God, right, yes. Well, and what about Rent? That what, we didn't see it what, together because we, we were fighting? No, but then oh. we did. Right, but the first time I saw Rent without you and you saw it without me because we weren't speaking for a few months. And that's when but I saw But then we saw it like I, towards I, the I, end I of the I saw Rent like four I saw it like four or five times. But then we saw it at the end of the run together. We yeah, did. we did. Because we, we had kind of shitty seats, I remember. Yeah, we made up for the, the when we didn't see but it. But Rent. You know... It's funny because Rent was everything. Mm -hmm. Everything. I still listen to it. 
I do too, but I'm going to tell you a secret. Something I've realized lately is that it doesn't like it doesn't hold up the same way. Be- no, I mean, it, it's because a time it's a time capsule, yeah. but it was our time capsule, right? Like yes. we were living in the East Village, so we weren't squatting, but like we were living Weren't in me. the well, we were living. Oh, listen. Oh, that's the sound that's of happiness. <laughs> I mean, rent was really important, and I think that rent all of a sudden reminded everybody that like musical theater isn't just like sequins and tap shoes. Right. Like musical theater is about what's happening in the East Village, yeah. and musical theater can be. And I think that that is probably what inspired you in your own work as an artist to like oh my God, entertain absolutely. the ideas of like doing musicals and like yeah. when musicals can become personal, when it's not just these grand old right. timey shows, but when it's a show about about AIDS and the East Village and being gay and being in your 20s and confused. I mean, I saw Rent and I was like, oh, finally, somebody understands who I am. Right. And I think that was really cool. Um, It doesn't hold up completely because it is such a time. Oh my God, totally. But, but it still, it still rings the bells. Oh, it does. You know, it It still does. I mean, I quote that show all the time. You know what I was just thinking uh, when you asked about the first musicals that we had seen, there was a, a, a rival high school, that did a production of Little Shop of Horrors Ooh, in yeah. high school, but they had a lot of money. I mean, we were Boca. I mean, we had money, but for they had an Audrey two mm. like thing on stage that was amazing. <laughs> right. But I love that musical. I loved the movie. I love the musical, which is much darker than the movie. Mm-hmm. And there's a revival happening right now, yeah. which. But those you, tickets are so expensive. I went on last week, bitch, $330. It is an off-Broadway theater with like 150 seeds. Yeah. I read a, the Times article where Jonathan Groff, who's in it, is saying like, you know, we're doing our best high school performance, like as a joke, but that's a lot of money for the best high school performance yeah. of Middle I heard Shop. it's really good. They're, they're doing also concurrently a production of it yeah. in California with um, MJ whatever uh, her name yeah. is from Pose who plays right. mother. Um, <laughs> she is, she's playing Audrey. And then there's this, there's this very kind of famous uh, Broadway actor who's gay. And I, I think he's Filipino. Yeah. He's definitely ethnic. And he's who's playing Seymour. Yeah. And I think that, that that combination is really creating a lot of buzz right now because they're not referencing that like she's trans and he's gay. But I think that like, and they did a performance, um, that's floating around on social media of suddenly Seymour. Because I think Corey posted it. Corey did. And I watched it and so right. did you. And then we talked about and it. And it's yeah. just like, when he's like, wipe off your mascara. Yeah. And like, it, all of that, like, it was so interesting. Mm. I would rather fly to California to Pasadena and see that than pay $350 to <laughs> see Jonathan Groff sing a song I've heard him sing a thousand times. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I mean, it's still probably see it. But. I, I would see it too. Yeah. Um. So my, my follow-up question... It's one of the worst musicals. Oh my saw. god, that's a good question. Can I start while you think? Can I, I start? Yes. Because I, I have one right away. Okay. Yeah. Go. My cousin Andy uh, worked in Broadway PR, and now he still does. Now he's got his own business and doesn't exactly do the same thing. But you know, during college, I got a lot of free tickets to shows because I was at NYU, and then 
because of Andy, I got to see a lot of shows in New York. Like any show he was repping, he would get me tickets to. So I saw like both versions of Spider-Man turn off the dark. There was the first one, then it yeah, shut down. And the second one, I saw both. <laughs> so Andy always got me tickets to shows. He gave me tickets to a show and I, I brought Mike Rub. And Mike and I uh, reference this a lot to Lestat. <laughs> right. Which was, I didn't see it. which, well, no one did. It was open for like four performances. But if you don't know, I've never read the books, but Lestat is the vampire yeah. in Interview Anne with Rice. the Vampire, yeah. Anne Rice, who you have a connection with. And oh my God, it was horrible. But I will say, and I know that this might be a little raw for us to talk about, but in recent memory, one of the musicals that I liked the least that is really controversial because everybody in the world seems to love this musical is Dear Evan Hansen. Right. I, I did not like Dear Evan Hansen. I know. No, I know. You know. Um, I was really bothered by that musical. It's fine. I won't get into it now. People love it. But it, that was like the most recent modern musical. God, that I can't think of. I, I mean, I definitely have an answer here. I just can't really think of what my answer would be you, right I mean, now. you saw me during that show. Like I was like fidgeting, like Dear Evan Hansen, like just rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't like it. It wasn't like Lestat that was just bad because Dear Evan Hansen isn't bad. Like it's good. There's good music and there's good performances. I just actually hated the show. Yeah. I'm, I am stumped. Are I, you? But I'm going to actually bring up something else which is a very little known show that I just recommend that anyone listen to children of Eden and, or see if there is a revival of it and it's called title of show. And that is one of my favorite shows. Um, it had, a, it had many runs and then made it to Broadway for a while. And it was just four friends who created this very funny, very sort of of the moment show about a show about a show trying to get into a, a musical theater festival. And it is smart and funny and hip and young and, has energy that musicals don't often have because it's just four friends making a musical together. Well, I think what's interesting now in this, in this modern age of musicals where most musicals are mean girls put into a musical right, form totally. or Tootsie yeah. put into a Tootsie, right. by the way, which is one of my favorite musicals of the last year, but there's, there's not a lot of originality. And I think when a show comes out that's small and interesting, it, so, so, like so it, it means so much more because it's not like, oh yeah, I know Mean Girls. I know The right. Wedding Singer. It's like, oh, the, so, I mean, I love The Band's Visit. Like, I mean, I, yeah. I like these sort of like smaller shows that really like, also there was a show a couple of years ago that Steve Martin wrote with Edie Brickell, yeah, I saw that Little Star. Yeah. I loved that musical. It was great. But it, it didn't, it didn't last, no. you know, like musicals like that. No, don't, but it was so cool. It was a it cool was so show. so cool. Yeah. You know, it's, it's great to live in New York and have access to see all these musicals. It really is. I, I feel fortunate. I have made, like you said earlier, uh, a pact with myself and a couple of my friends to see more straight shows. So I try to go like every couple months now to see like a straight play because my go-to is to see musicals. Yeah. I mean, I, I love a good musical. I'm disappointed in myself because I feel like I have a good doozy of a bad show. And I'm not thinking of it. Well, you can do follow-up. We will. That, that'll be media. an addendum. You know, I could I could talk about musicals forever. I really could. When I first got to NYU, I was so obsessed with the people doing musical theater. And the very first show that they did my freshman year was Working, mm. which is like a very weird, yeah. small show. And... I remember my friend Dash used to love to bring like those little mini tape recorders to musicals and like tape a live recording. 
and I still have the cassette to working and I still love that show. But I was so impressed with the people that were my age that could sing and belt out a song and bring you to tears. Yeah, and yeah. halfway through, I mean, this is a little known fact that I don't love to admit, but halfway through my NYU career, I was an experimental theater wing, which as you know, is like super experimental. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was, it was intense, but I had a fantasy that I was going to be a musical theater star. Oh, honey. And I went, I made an appointment with the head of MTW mm -hmm. musical theater works. And I auditioned. I was like, I want to leave. I want to leave studios. I want to leave ETW and I want to move into MTW. And right. my thing was that like. Trade out an E for an M. My thing was like, yeah, I know I'm not like a singer, but I'm a showman, you mm. know, and I can yeah. do it. And, and let me tell you something. How'd that go? Didn't go that well. Yeah. It went fine. Um, but I, I'm not a singer. I actually think that I would be a better singer if I thought I was a singer. But because I say I'm not, I don't, I'm not. But I remember when I was young, like in elementary school, and I had to go for auditions. My go-to song was, uh, You're Never Fully Dressed Without a Smile from Annie. That was like my, hey, hobo man, hey, dapper man. Because you could like kind of just schmaltz it up. You didn't really have <laughs> yeah. to like belt out a tune. Right. If ever, if you ever do, if anyone does karaoke with me, NYC makes a big appearance. It sure and does. I sing all parts. All parts. All like parts. Peaches Cry Superstar. Uh -huh. That's me. Yeah. So I tried. I tried. I, I still, I think that in my deepest, darkest fantasies, when I'm like, if I could just, if I could just change my life today, what would I be? I'd be a musical theater star. You know, I'd be singing. If you're familiar with the movie Beaches. Who isn't? I would love it if I could really see the full production of that Oh Industry number that she does when she's downtown and making it. I would love to see what that show is all about. Okay. Really? I mean, I know we have to wrap this up, but on that note, we did this very weird show in high school. Um, it was like an experimental one act show uh -huh. and it was, it was fine. It was a good show. It's actually a, a, like a famous show, but we decided to put in the middle garbage bags and masks. No. Oh, industry sung by Ms. Ariane Udell. Mm -mm. And she did all like, no, she did. Yes. Oh my God. It was amazing. Oh, wow. In like this weird high school performance, because we love beaches so much for like, we wanted to make the musical that you want to see. So we decided that that song would be in the show that we were doing. And that really explains her go ask Alice performance on the stage of pieces all those years ago. It sure does. Remember that? Sure does. Sure does. <laughs> All right. All right. I mean, listen. We could talk about musicals forever. We I, could have a part two on musicals. Because I have so much more to say, but it's time to wrap this shit up, honey. I've got to go to bed. I know. We carved a pumpkin today. We carved a pumpkin and we lost. Yep. But you know what? We won. Did we? Nope. Because I lost my sunglasses too. Oh, right. It was a lose-lose situation. Really <laughs> you had a shit day. I didn't because I got oh. to spend it with you. Oh, that's darling. I'm totally lying. I know. Listen, you're a dream. Um, th thanks for joining us on our musical journey, everyone. Uh, listen, we will be posting some clips of musicals, some of our favorite numbers. Check out our social media when this goes up because we will be we'll be referencing oh, our, some of our. I know favorite my things. worst musical. Oh, Annie gets your gun with Susan Lucci. <laughs> I did it. I think that might be my worst one because the musical sucks because she sucks a little bit of both. I'm sure. Yeah, Annie get your gun is not a great show. I'll leave it at that. And on that, everybody. 
We're going to give you two Susan Lucci's and a peace out. <laughs> Bye, Queenies. Bye. No, no. Bye, everyone. Bye, Hella Queenies. <laughs> nope. Nope. No. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.